What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the GOAT show after a long three-week hiatus. Uh, and it was kind of funny that in the last episode we said we're not going anywhere and then kind of disappeared for a little while, but <laughs> no worries. Uh, we're back back with Ryan here today. Ryan, say hello. We're still alive, people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I don't, know, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I just took a bit of a break after the Super Bowl. Uh, it's not like mm-hmm. that game made me question my love of football or anything like that. But it's just, you know, um, not a lot going on these days. But still, you know, something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the obviously big news going around is... JJ Watt just signed uh, a couple other rumors going around before we get into real free agency. So I think let's just get right into it and talk about the JJ Watt signing. What do you think? Um, it's obviously sort of unpopular from previous speculation. Obviously, a lot of the teams thrown around prior to JJ Watt signing with Arizona was um the Bills and Packers because they were contenders. Or Cleveland, because they have so much cap space. Or Pittsburgh, even though it wasn't that practical with their situation, whether it be with how much they have invested onto their defensive front and their current cap situation. But the thought of him potentially playing with his brothers and taking a pay cut was there. So um, among all those options, it is odd to see that he went with Arizona especially since they're not necessarily preconceived contenders playing in the most competitive division in the NFL, um, playing with arguably the worst coach in their division and having to compete with, you know, stellar talent all around. But um, upon thinking about it, for at least myself, I think it makes sense from the standpoint of J.J. Watt's getting paid a decent amount, you know, a lot of guaranteed money. And he's um moving out to Arizona, which, you know, since he's, li- he's lived in Texas for so long, I'm sure it's sort of familiar territory as a warmer sort of area. And um, I think that knowing, you know, that he's in a very um massive competitor and knowing – his leadership, you know, what he brings as leadership qualities and intangibles. I think that he can bring a lot to Arizona and, you know, they think they're on the rise, you know, as eight and eight team, a game, a game away from the playoffs last season. You know, you could certainly argue that. And, you know, I think that they're in a very interesting situation now having uh, JJ Watt to compliment Chandler Jones. And, you know, you never know what can happen and, if they do well in free agency in the draft, they could be uh, playoff contenders, potential dark dark horse team come next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, now that I think about it, when, when he first hit the market, Arizona was not on my radar at all. Um, I edited the post. I was looking at teams with money and the need for a solid defensive end like he is. And yeah, uh, Arizona didn't even cross my mind. But now that I really think about it, he's kind of like the perfect piece for the puzzle they have on defense there, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I, I see what you mean. 
Yeah, like, so they had some trouble up front last season. Obviously, their pass rush was solid. They were eighth in pressure rate and tied for fourth in sacks, but they allowed 4.6 yards a carry, uh, which is set, tied for the seventh highest. So a lot of room for improvement, uh, especially against the run. And I think bringing in a guy like J.J. Watt, who's obviously, he's not the 20-sack guy that he was a few years ago, but I think, like you said, he definitely brings a lot to the table uh, in terms of his intangibles, brings a lot to the locker mm-hmm. room. Um, but also, you get him in a situation where you're putting him um, as their 3-4 defensive end. You have Chandler Jones and potentially Hassan Reddick on the outside if they re-sign Reddick, which I'm assuming they will at this point, but who knows. Um you got Jordan Phillips on the D-line, another solid guy. So I don't think he's ever had this much help on a defensive front before. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. You know, right Wait. when he signed there, I, I thought that, you know, during free agency, I I figured that, you know, he shouldn't really go to a spot where he needed to be the number one pass rusher and he needed to be relied upon and playing alongside arguably the most underrated player in the NFL and Chandler Jones should pay dividends for him in terms of his workload. Yeah, absolutely. Like the thing is, is you got all those guys coming. Like, are, can you double anyone? Cause if you do, <laughs> somebody else is going to get home, right? Yeah. You would think looking at their talent level. Yeah. It's definitely really interesting to see um, how that defense is going to look next season because now that you think about it, you got all those guys that we just mentioned. You got J.J. Watt coming in, Isaiah Simmons going into his second year. Uh, hopefully, he'll get a much bigger role. Um, so there's yeah. a lot of nice pieces there. So it'll be really interesting to see. I believe Vance Joseph's their defense coordinator, right? I think so. Did you mention Buda Baker? I did not, but it's obviously a factor. Yeah. Yeah, it'll yes, be interesting it's... to see what they do in the draft. I know they just let uh, Patrick Peterson walk, right? I would think not, even though he's a bit on the older side. He's still, you know, pretty, pretty productive corner for his age, right? Yeah, I think it definitely works something out. Um, I think he's had a bit of an injury problem the last couple of years or something. I don't Maybe I'm making something up. But, um, yeah, he's definitely been a little quieter than he was for a stretch there, but I think, yeah, all things considered, they have a pretty interesting group on defense. And I think it has a lot of potential for the next couple of years or so to compete in that division. And even, um, you know, I know we're talking about the defense, obviously, because JJ Watt just went there, but even looking at their offense, you know, Kyler Murray continues to improve. Perhaps Cliff Kingsbury improves as a play caller, which I thought he lacked down the stretch of the season. And I think the offense's performance reflected that. And I think, you know, as long as they keep um, getting a consistent run game around Kyler Murray and that RPO system and Kyler just keeps improving himself, you know, they could be a pretty dangerous team, pretty, like, dangerous underrated team. And perhaps J.J. Watt is on to something and perhaps he can help elevate this team and they can make the playoffs and then some because, you know, not every team that goes far in the playoffs is a preconceived contender. You know, Tennessee just got in the playoffs a couple years ago 
and they had a 10-point lead on the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So you sometimes looking, you know, looking back on it and speculating, you know, what what do we well like what do analysts know? So who who knows what the Cardinals can do? So um, I don't think we should definitely we should we definitely should not rule them out right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Um, you never know who's going to make a surprise appearance. Um, as we sit right now, would you expect this Cardinals team to make the playoffs next year? Um, obviously, it's extraordinarily difficult because of their division. When every single team in your division has playoff caliber, right? Rams, Seahawks, them, and um, 49ers. And the 49ers, who are now healthy, thinking about that. It's difficult, but um, considering the fact they were a game out this year, and I expect them to improve, I sort of do expect them to be a playoff team, barring the NFC becoming like what the AFC was last year, where like the ten and six Dolphins didn't make the playoffs. Like barring a situation like that, I think the Cardinals could get in. Yeah, I think they definitely have the talent too. It's definitely a lot of pressure on the coaching staff now. Yeah. Uh, like we said, with all those pieces in place uh, to just, yeah, put everything together and get the job done. Yeah. And before we move away from this, I had a thought crossed my mind, so I want to bring it up. What if J.J. Watt, I know, I know looking back now since he already signed, what if J.J. Watt took a, like, DeMarcus Cousins Warriors deal and just signed a one-year deal with the Chiefs just to potentially get that feeling of winning the Super Bowl and then afterwards you know after the season would be over would go somewhere else what would your thoughts be on if he did that yeah well yeah obviously it's hypothetical at this point um I wouldn't lose any respect over it me either. Um, depending on how, like, if he signed like a practice squad salary, then that would be a little ridiculous. But yeah, I don't mind a player like that um, that has already given the league so much mm-hmm. um, and really, obviously, yeah, very talented, respected guy. Um, can't really find anyone who deserves the Super Bowl more. Mm-hmm. So, a, a situation like that, I definitely wouldn't mind it if he took a bit of a cheaper deal. Um, but obviously, he wants a ring, so I think it says a lot for the Cardinals that he chose them over some of those other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Browns were right there in negotiations, and they met, made the playoffs this year. So, and they could have. Picked- what does that say? What's that? And, and Cleveland probably could have paid him more. They have like tons upon tons of money. They have like the tenth most cap space. Yeah, it's true. They got a lot to work with right now. Um, so yeah, it definitely says a lot about where the Cardinals are at as a team. That he pretty much could have chosen whatever team he wanted, and he chose them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, getting back to the question, I really wouldn't mind if he had gone somewhere. Um, take a bit of a pay cut for a better chance at a ring. 
um, something we would have seen like a few years ago uh, in the Patriots' heyday. Yeah, feels like a long time ago now, but yeah, um, yeah, something like that where it's like, well, they're pretty much guaranteed to make the Super Bowl anyways. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, and even with that, just let's say this hype, this hypothetical team is the Chiefs that he would go to, which I feel like he, he would potentially get the backlash for quote unquote bandwagoning. Um, I mean, they could have used another pass rusher and, and a run stopper in the Super Bowl the way things went with their Absolutely. defense. So, like, it's football. It's the ultimate team game. No matter how good a team is, you can always get better and you can always improve. And you know, I feel like the Chiefs kind of have a need at defensive line. And so, like, getting J.J. Watt wouldn't just be a like a band like a bandwagon, let's stack the deck move. It would be an actual, like, depth and, like, team move. So, like, let's say hypothetically if he went there, it wouldn't be, like, this sort of dastardly, vile thing to do. It would actually, like, make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like we said, it's all in the past now. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But it's definitely something that's interesting to think about mm-hmm. um, is what that would mean for a player like him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I said, at, at this point, what he's done through the game, I wouldn't really mind it if he – took a ring like that yeah just to get like the experience of winning the super bowl which is something i'm sure that he's always wanted you know it's the ultimate team game if you can contribute to a super bowl that would probably mean so much to any player nonetheless him so like you like you said like i would not get mad at him one bit if he ever just went to the chiefs just for a quick ring (laughs) yeah absolutely um any more thoughts on J.J. Watt before we move on? Not really. I think that, like I said, we said before about the Cardinals, that they could be a, sort of a sleeper playoff, potential deep playoff run team. And um, I think it's going to take a lot in terms of improvements, but who knows? Improve all. Guys improve. Like we saw like the Bills with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was sort of looked at sort of suspectively because of his accuracy issues. And then he came out this year and, and let the league up and had an MVP caliber season. So potentially the Cardinals could do a similar thing and the Cardinals could potentially go far and JJ walk and help elevate them. So it's certainly something to keep our eyes on, especially that Cardinals team going into free agency in the draft to see how they improve in certain areas. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be really fun to watch this mm-hmm. year. Um, sticking into the division, uh, I think it's a pretty smooth transition. I want to talk about the Russell Wilson rumors going around right now. Um, obviously he's expressed disappointment in, um, how much he's been hit the past two years. And I'm sure bringing JJ Watt into the equation doesn't really make him <laughs> happy, does it? I, I, I would assume not, especially a man who, who has an iconic photo of him bleeding from his nose and the sacked quarterback to have his helmet on. I don't think Russell Wilson's exactly giddy about J.J. Uh, Watt coming into the division. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you think he actually wants out, or is he just trying to make a statement? Personally, I mean, obviously I'm not in Russell Wilson's life at all, but um, if I were to guess, knowing his high character and everything, 
I don't think that he actually wants out, but I think that he's trying to create change within an organization that's sort of stubborn to create it because obviously Russell Wilson is one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And I feel like even though they provided him with weapons, it's sort of like in football, it takes much more than just talent to go far. And I feel like this sort of prehistoric offensive scheme that Pete Carroll has provided them sort of holds back Russell Wilson and sort of stagnates their team in a sense. Because I've never liked their philosophy of, you know, let's try to play great defense and run the ball. And when the game's tight in the fourth quarter, let's let Russ do, you know, up-tempo, you know, two-minute drill type stuff for him to win the game. And that's just putting a lot of pressure. And even for a guy of his play and his stature, you know, that's a lot to handle. And I think this is Russ sort of trying to break through that and trying to create change where it's desperately needed for a team that's, you know, very talented every year, and a team that he elevates. And I honestly think that, like, you know, if this ever goes as far as, you know, choosing between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll better pack his bags because I think they would choose. I think anybody would choose Russell Wilson in a heartbeat if it ever came down to that. But um, not that I'm saying it will, but I just I'm more so just saying that the Seahawks need to formulate change in order to try to get back to the Super Bowl as things in the league has sort of changed since the Legion of Boom era. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's weird to think about now how how successful they were, obviously, earlier in like 2012, 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. era, um, and how often they've made the playoffs since then is that they feel like a really, really elite mm-hmm. team. But when I think about it, they haven't actually built themselves very well. Yeah, I mean, like... The- if you look past Russell Wilson, um, what is that team really? Yeah, I mean they have some like they have some good skill position players, some assorted talent on their defense, but um, I've always felt like they weren't very complete in many ways, and I also think, like I said before, like a change in scheme could help fix some things, but um. I really do think Russell Wilson elevates them probably more than we even know through his leadership and through his talent and et cetera, because that's constantly a 11, 12 plus win team. Despite like what I said before, not really being that complete. Yeah. I just think it's weird how they've had so many problems. Um, (laughs) Like their offensive line has been, a mess for as long as I can remember. Their pass rush is inconsistent. Their secondary hasn't really come back since they blew up the Legion of Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's interesting how many holes they still have and how competitive they've been able to be. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's good that Russ is kind of stepping out against this. Um yeah, and trying to make some change. 
because obviously they need it. And uh, as a player, I'd say he deserves it. Yeah, and like someone like Russell Wilson speaks, everyone should listen because we know his pedigree as a person and as an elite NFL quarterback. And if the Seahawks aren't willing to listen to his issues with the team, then that's a serious problem with them. And I feel like, you know, the way you keep these quarterbacks playing for long times and keep getting a lot out of them is simply by doing right by them. And I feel like the Seahawks need to do right by Russell Wilson if he truly wants to evolve the offense or do different things or do other things with the team. I feel like Russell Wilson as their leader should be at the forefront. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, a pretty pretty good transition back to um, Deshaun Watson. Obviously, that news isn't going away. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of the same way if I were Watson that I would be addressing mm-hmm. this. Where, sure, maybe you want out, but I think the most important thing is um, trying to spark change in the organization because at the end of the day if I'm I obviously the situations are comparable in some ways but if I'm an owner of the Seahawks or the Texans would you rather fix the problem keep your quarterback happy or find say I said those words (laughs) backwards or say fine screw you I'm going to trade you and bring in someone else. The problem's still there, right? For sure. And then you're just losing an elite talent at the most important position in the game of football. So, yeah, yeah, just like I said, just do right by a quarterback who's done right by you, whether it be through um, leadership, off the field stuff, on the field stuff. And Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson have both done all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how the how their respective front offices address those situations. I don't really expect Wilson to move. Um, still not completely sure about the Texans, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those play. Yeah, out. and I mean, if we were talking about the Seahawks having issues that the Houston Texans are the definition of issues right now, looking at you know, their organization is apparently run by some sort of like snake oil salesman guy. Like was it Easter Easter B? Is that his name? And apparently yeah. he's some like, like Bible study guy and he's running the Houston Texans organization somehow. Is that that's what I've heard? I haven't looked that much into it. Yeah, I don't remember what his official title is. I'll, I'll look it up quick. But yeah, he started out as like a chaplain who's just like a locker room preacher, pretty much kind of a counselor mm-hmm. kind of guy. Um, and yeah, right now he is the executive vice president of football. <laughs> I, I don't see how he's that motivational, inspirational to, to get himself to that level. But I mean, 
if you're having someone with no, I assume, no like high-level football experience as a general manager or in, in a general manager-type role, why would you elevate someone to that? And uh, looking at their moves recently, it's like, well, it kind of reflects that with the whole Hopkins trade. I know that was a lot, a lot of that was Bill O'Brien, but I assume if Easterby was in that position that he had a role in that too. And just, it's just like, like, like we, we think Seattle's bad. It's that like Texans is bad. Yeah, they're definitely, their mess is a little, a little bigger than the Seahawks. But uh, since you since you meant sorry since you mentioned the Hopkins trade, I wanted to bring up something quick. I think that was kind of blown out of proportion a little bit. Um, just how as a football community we talk about it and we laugh about it now, and sure, it's kind of ridiculous to let arguably the best wide receiver in the game walk for such a small uh, return in a second round pick. But I feel like the reasoning behind it has completely been, like, brushed aside. Because didn't Bill O'Brien come out after and say he wanted more money than we were going to give him, so we got him in a good situation? Honestly, I don't really remember. But um, I got to think, with Stephon Diggs in the same offseason going for a first-round pick, you got to think that even with D-Hop wanting a lot of money, you couldn't at least get a first-round pick for him? Yeah, I don't know. It was just a – it flashed in my mind real quick, so I thought I'd yeah, not, But, yeah, I'm sure you could have gotten a better return. But looking at where he ended up, obviously he's in a great spot. Um yeah, I just think it's kind of. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're on to something that's it's a bit blown out of proportion, but I just feel like for a guy, you know, in today's passing league, for a guy with the insane talent level of DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like that has to be worth a first round pick, even if you're going to have to pay him a ton of money. Yeah, I was going to check really quick how old he is 28. So he is getting mm. up there. Um, the really weird thing after that was when they went and traded a second round pick for um, Brandon Cooks right yeah. after. But yeah, I don't know. It's a complicated business. I don't. I'm not saying it was the smartest move, but it happened. It's over with, um, and obviously. Hopkins is having a good career in Arizona and Bill O'Brien <laughs> is out of a job. So I guess that's the bottom and line. And somehow but... Deshaun Watson had the best season of his career despite all, all of that. Yeah. Lee and Lee and... He had an all-around great season. Like, all of his numbers just jumped the off the board. Yards. And I know Jameis Winston just led the league in passing yards the year prior. But I don't, I don't People say that stat doesn't matter, but I really 
it's more so indicative of situation, but I feel like it's it still holds a you know a lot of prestige if you lead the league in passing yards, especially today. Yeah, there's some way to it. I try to stay away from volume stats because they don't really tell mm-hmm. the whole story. Um, but what was really impressive is Watson um, was second in intended air yards per pass attempt. And then given that, um, he was also – sorry, I'm checking numbers too while yeah. I'm rambling. Um <laughs> He was also fifth in on-target percentage, according to hmm. Pro Football Reference. So, yeah, I I just think that's really interesting because uh, you look at the other guys who ranked highly in intended air yards. Um, Tom Brady's up there, and he was solid. But then guys like Drew hmm. Locke and Carson Wentz um, were right behind Watson, and their accuracy was – Worst and third worst. Mm. So, yeah. So I just got to back it up altogether. Deshaun Watson was amazing this year, um, given the circumstances. Just in general, not even just with circumstances. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Given the uh, mm-hmm. absence of Hopkins, having to work with different guys, uh, he did a great job, and it kind of shows. Maybe I sorry, this is also random, but um there were all there's also talk about how how the Browns did, um, kind of changing gears a little bit, how the Browns did after Odell Beckham Jr. got injured, looking at kind of the step Baker Mayfield <laughs> took forward, um, and just spreading the ball around. Maybe they're better off without him. Personally, I don't think that's the case, but I think it's definitely a learning experience for these young guys uh having to work with different receivers not always having that number one 100 of the time i'm gonna go to this guy mm-hmm. kind of player um so yeah i think it's good for him i don't know what are your, what are your yeah that, that's that? a good point and i do feel like offenses are best when they're spreading the ball around kind of like the basketball philosophy where if everyone's getting touches and everyone's getting opportunities to to get looks and shoot it just makes the overall offense better and I think the Texans sort of had that situation although I think a lot of it is just to Sean Watson getting even better and and really formulating himself as an elite quarterback yeah absolutely <laughs> um moving on a little bit what do you do you think right now? Are you leaning towards yes, he'll get traded, or no, he's gonna be a Texan next year? It's hard to tell with all the different reports and rumors. However, if I would if I would choose, I think he probably gets traded because I think he ex you know um accelerates this process enough. If let's say he holds out or he does sends out a tweet or something. I don't know. But if he could just, you know, sort of push this process, I think he'll eventually get traded. And there's obviously going to be like, I think every team in the NFL besides the Chiefs 
the Bills, and um, maybe the Chargers probably should be interested in Deshaun Watson because obviously he's 25 and he's already an elite talent in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, at the beginning of this, uh, obviously we covered it right away. Um, I was pretty adamant that this was going to pass and that he wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, And then here we are. He seems pretty strong on his stance that he doesn't Mm want to play for them anymore. Um, And at the end of the day, if he's not going to play and I'm positive that they'll get something good in exchange for him, uh, maybe a little more than a second <laughs> round pick. Um, um, yeah, I think, I think at this point I'm leaning towards something happens and he is playing somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Year. And I kind of want to see it. I, I don't, It'd just be sad to see him wasting it any more of his seasons on a team that's just, or an organization, I should say, that's just discombobulated from the neck up. If you know what I mean by that, like from the organizational stance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so looking at that, if he does move, uh, what do you think is the best fit for him right now? I think we've talked about this a bit before, and I don't want to beat it to death, but. Yeah, where where I mean, would you like if it's to see from him? the standpoint of where I would like to see him, it would definitely be Carolina, uh, two thousand yard receivers and Robbie Anderson and, and um, is it uh, DJ Moore, right? And DJ Moore, yeah. and assuming they would be, they would be able to hold on to Christian McCaffrey, um, just seeing an offense with Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey would just be an absolute treat, and seeing as how well, their offense flowed uh, under Joe Brady's play calling last season with Teddy Bridgewater, who is, in my opinion, a pretty decent starter and a great backup, but he's not. Yeah, but he's not a high end starter. And to get Sean Watson, in my opinion, a top five quarterback onto that team, they would just be one of the most fun teams to watch in the NFL. And I think it would just be really cool to, to see that play out, especially since they haven't, and especially yeah, since the absolutely. Panthers haven't really been in the mix since their 2015 Super Bowl run. You know, with all the craziness that happened with like Cam Newton's injuries, it'd be nice to see them sort of come back into. I think the moment he'd step in their locker room, they would be an ultra competitive team and a playoff contender. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think that they they have a good offense as is. I think Deshaun Watson would make it mm-hmm. a great offense. Um, my only problem is at this point in their rebuild, I don't know if it's worth it for them. If if you get what I'm saying, like they have they have a top ten pick as is, um, they can likely get. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, somewhere, someone in that range, which obviously might not be mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson exactly, but they're both young, high ceiling, athletic players. Um, 
So yeah, given where they are as a team right now, they have assets. They have a lot of talent in place, but not like I don't know if Deshaun Watson would make them a Super Bowl contender mm-hmm. right now, given they still have some work to do on the offensive line. Their defense sells a few holes. So if they go and get Deshaun Watson but lose all of those assets that they'd have to fill the rest of their roster, I don't know if they're that's a that fair much point. Better, and you know? you know, sort of speaking upon what you brought up with the draft and the quarterbacks, um sort of thinking about like the Rams philosophy, you know, why draft Justin Fields or why draft Trey Lance when they could keyword could be good when you could go get to go get to Sean Watson, who's already established himself among the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, why not just go out and get that and make your team very good and keep trying to build on top of what you have? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Kind of looking at looking at what you mentioned with the Rams. Um, I I did that post a little. I think it was right after the Rams traded for Stafford. Um, looking at the breakdown of how Super Bowl winning quarterbacks joined the teams that they won with, and it was like draft versus mm-hmm. free agency versus trade. Draft won by a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that says quite a Obviously, like contract is a factor, and obviously that's the most likely way for a player to join a team. But I think it says a lot about um, homegrown talent. Yeah, it's very fair. Although we've seen like Denver with Peyton Manning go to two Super Bowls and – you know, I know it's a lot more rare to see like a free agent or dra- a traded quarterback go very far, but um, Deshaun Watson is 25, and the way the league is going with quarterbacks playing a long time, they'd have a very long time to compete with Deshaun Watson to potentially put together a team that could go very far. Yeah, I'm not saying they wouldn't be able to get it done. I just one it's to interesting throw that in um, just kind of what history has mm-hmm. said. Oh, so I see, yeah, it's an that. interesting stat. And um, to ask you, uh, where do you think his best fit would be since we've already, assuming it's not the Panthers, since we've already talked about them quite a bit? That's a tough one because my personal favorite ah. <laughs> is definitely the Panthers. Um, I think the other big ones. I don't love New York for him right now. I just think they're still so far away. There's so much up in the air. Um, mm-hmm. Miami, kind of the same thing. I don't love the offensive fit right now. I think aside from Carolina, the best place for him would probably mm-hmm. be San Francisco. Um, but they don't really have as many assets to work something out. But yeah, I think that fit in... Kyle Shanahan's offense would be best case scenario. I agree. Uh, and um, seeing what Kyle Shanahan has been able to do and kind of just making his offense be productive with all different kinds of quarterbacks, inserting an elite one would certainly breed some interesting results. Well, although, um, like you said, I don't know if the assets are there for a trade and, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think if they could get him, they'd be right back in the Super Bowl mix instantly. But um, personally, I think Panthers is more realistic, and it's more of what I would want to see just to see a team that hasn't been that competitive in about six seasons, you know, be competitive again. It's nice seeing seeing different teams in the mix. Oh, was 2015 that long? I mean, yes, yeah, 2021. Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it would be interesting because you look at the quarterbacks that mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan has worked with, um, like Kirk Cousins in Washington, Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and then Jimmy Garoppolo now. Um, Deshaun Watson kind of breaks that mold, which – yeah, it would be really interesting because obviously those other guys are <laughs> solid mostly uh, looking at you, Jimmy. Um, but yeah, Watson is just another level. So it would be really interesting to see how Shanahan would adapt All to that respect, kind of skill set. You did not mention the uh, best and... quarterback of that mix, uh, Nick Mullins. And uh, uh, course, CJ Bathard. I'm just throwing out, so, throwing out some underrated <laughs> names. Yeah, I remember when um so it's kind of a side note, but when um when Shanahan first started in San Francisco, uh, obviously with John Lynch as the GM, they drafted CJ Beathard in like the third round or something, didn't they? And I I remember they said, um early Shanahan <laughs> said that he reminded him of Kirk Cousins. And I I don't know if that'll pan out sooner or later, but yeah, I just think that's interesting. Yeah, looking back. you never know, but um, because Kirk Cousins was sort of in that situation as a third round pick, and you know has been an NFL starter for a while and has put up some incredible numbers. Yeah, yeah you never know. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. But I'm kind of. I'm kind of running out. Uh, I, I think we're on the Where same boat. Um, yeah, it's Watson certainly <laughs> is the big sweepstakes right now. And um, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I'm putting my money on that he's traded. But um, you never know. He, he could end up staying there and maybe he figure something. they figure something out. But I, looking at the Texans past behaviors, it's, it's probably not going to be very good, but, um, I, I guess we'll have to see, but, um, I would like to see Deshaun Watson get out of there as soon as possible. Yeah. I just want what's best for him. Um, personally, like to reiterate what I said earlier, if I'm in charge of the Texans, I'm definitely trying to mm-hmm. fix the internal problems before I trade yeah. my star young quarterback, right? It's the only th- um, only positive thing on their team right now, yeah. really. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like, you take him away, and what are they? Um, but, yeah, if you – because if you – at this point, if you trade him and just try to plug the holes other players, sure, they might be fine players, but the organizational problems are still there. Maybe they'll be unhappy too and they'll want out. It's just a never ending cycle. I think you gotta cut it out now, right what's wrong, 
and just yeah, get back I mean, to being competitive. We team. can rag on them all all we want for how they are now, but I mean they were winning their division and going to the playoffs a few times during the like the JJ Watt era. So um you know it's not like it's been all you know mediocrity for the Texans necessarily. They've had some success. Yeah, I mean, they just had a lead on the Chiefs in the playoffs not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then literally (laughs) everything collapsed on them. So they got some work to do. But, yeah, it'll be be interesting to see how that whole story plays Mm -hmm. out uh, as the offseason progresses. But yeah, I think that's I think that's a wrap for today's show, guys. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for taking a listen, and yeah, we'll be back throughout the off season. I think coming up soon, we want to talk about some free agency forecast stuff. We'll cover news as that goes out. Um, getting into the draft later, closer to the draft. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots to look forward to. So, of course, anytime. Yeah, Ryan, thanks for joining me today. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. So, yeah, that's it for today's show. Thank you all for uh, listening. Hope to see you all back next time.